What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast today. Who's on the show, Mars? Me, you, Matty Fraze. I got O'Keefe across Chief from me right now. Yeah, What's man, up, we're boys? in Madrid right now. We're just uh, here doing a site visit for the upcoming Madrid CrossFit Championships. Wow, that was the best intro yet. Yeah, man. Bring the heat. We're, so we're uh, here in Madrid, Spain. Um, it's We've got Matt Fraser, co-host today. Not on the other side. Okay, good. Opinion. I was I was just about to ask. I was like, "What's my role in all of this?" You are. I'm not, not sure why I'm here. This is this is your first <laughs> time on on this side of the mic, and uh, we got Marston Soares and Heber Cannon, the the buttery bros, and uh, this is the Loud and Live Sports Podcast. How's it going, dude? Great, man. We just got done with London. Watched Matt go over there and just crush it. Now we smashed we're, it. Now we jumped over here before going to Barcelona for Fittest Freakus. Love it, love it, love it, love it. How was London? Great. It was great. Yeah, man. Great fish and chips. I actually didn't get any fish and chips. <laughs> yeah. well, what is it? What is it? Um, I mean, you guys travel a lot and you know, we'll talk about where you were and where you are now, but like, what's it like to go to another country, another continent and, you know, just you know, get mobbed and see how well, um, you know, received you are across the pond. It's actually quite surprising because I mean, a year ago at the same time we were coming out here basically putting everything on a credit card to make it happen. And nobody really knew who we were at that. I mean, they did from past movies or whatever, but talk about a difference this, this year. It was very surreal to be in another country and get, get off a subway and people are like, Hey, can we get a photo? I was like, yeah, of course you want a litter box. <laughs> <laughs> What's wild to me was that that change has been in the last year. Like I didn't realize it. Like you guys made the jump from like CrossFit HQ media staff and you were just purely on one side of the camera. Like very rarely did you get in front of the lens. And then Buttery Bros just like hit the ground running. And it was when, was it you that posted like one year ago today, we launched our first video yep. of doing acid bath in, in my garage. Yep. And it was mind blowing to me of like, oh my God, that was only a year ago. To yeah. see like what you guys have done since then. I was like, you guys have made like five years of progress in 12 months. <laughs> Thanks, this man. is Thanks, dude. bananas. It's because Sammy held the camera so well in yeah. the first video. Yeah, Sammy. It. Yep, there you go. Yeah. yeah, super cool. Really, honestly, let's let's talk about that. Like, I think, you know, it's probably, say what, like November, December of last year? No, it was, it was January 1st. We went out there for New Year's. But, but I'm what's saying, the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, so okay. We, Mars, jumping the gun, bro. You need to calm down. Yeah, okay. November. What what year are we talking? Are we talking okay, twenty eighteen. Yeah. So, we talking nineteen. So let's talk about you know you guys are building it. You know at, at the time the, the documentary for the two thousand. You're starting to think about the documentary for the two thousand eighteen games, right? Okay, back like, at back. back at CrossFit HQ. Okay, and you know things changed, right? Over overnight, you you know you guys were let go. I don't um, even think you were starting to think about the documentary. Like yeah, you just finished done. up all the interviews. Yeah, yeah we, we, we literally we one went, interview left to go do, and then we were just going to be sitting in the editing bay for another two months to finish it off before the end of the year. And uh, we got back from a two-week-long trip, basically, to try and capture a bunch of interviews and content with a bunch of athletes. And the next week, we were both let go. Well, at the time, now, I remember talking to you guys quite a bit you know, yep. around that and you know, I was excited for you. Not, not that like you got let go, but like that it was a new, I looked at it as an opportunity as I told you. Right. And it, you know, all your friends did. And I think it was very scary for you guys, but what, what was it like then? And I mean, God, look where you are now, but t talk a little bit about that time and transition and then 
we'll talk a little bit about buttery bros after that but, but what was that like it was scary to to say it best i was like worried because i was like had worked at this company for so long and been a part of the growth of the media department and then out of nowhere i mean they just kind of got rid of everybody and i was like well what are we going to do now you know and it talking to you like you were almost like our father you know like you were like <laughs> i was like oh keith what do we do man like how do we like continue on with this stuff or how can we make this into a business? And you were like, I think you guys are going to figure it out. And you know, you were a big guidance for us and like a, a big, uh, as far as like the business side of everything. And you know, we, you know, failed a little bit and then made it happen and made it work. And I think that, you know, it's, it's been very rewarding and, and to get to where we are now. When, when, when you say you failed a little bit, what do you mean by that? I think I've, I mean, like at that particular point in my life, I was just a lot of uh, unraveling was happening and, mm -hmm. and I felt like I was failing as, as, a, as, a just like nothing in your life was going the way you wanted exactly, it to go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, you know, I was going through a bunch of personal stuff at the time too. And then to have that all unravel at the same time, it was just like, <clears throat> you know, I, I just felt like, uh, success was uh far away from yeah from where we were at that time yeah i just always find it interesting like every like you see the people on stage talking to thousands of people like every uber success story they're like oh yeah i had this business idea i pitched it to four thousand different people and i got told no every time and then the one person that said like they all have their failure stories of like oh i started this business went bankrupt started this one went bankrupt and then they're like but then i learned this lesson i learned this lesson i applied it forward i applied it forward and then they're just now they're just laughing at yeah. like how successful they are. And so I always look at like your guys story. Like I remember when everyone got laid off and like I'm sitting there like I've known you guys for years at this point. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, well, what happens? Like we've become friends over the years. I'm like text. I'm like, yo, keep your head up, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember you. It's going to work out, man. It's going to work out. Like I have no idea how I don't know anything about your world. But yeah. It'll work. Yeah, I remember so I'm, early I'm just, on, you were like, hey, if you need a place to come crash, I mean, I was like, man, I might take you on that offer. <laughs> yeah, literally just like, you know, like I, every adult has gone through some like turbulence in their life. And it's like, sometimes you just need to like pick yourself up out of your world and just go somewhere else. Yeah. And just like, and then you're like, when you come back, you're able to look at it a bit from the outside and look at it a little more objectively, you know? So you're not, it's just not emotion being involved in it. I remember texting you. I'm like, hey, man, like you can get to Cookville real easy. Yeah. Just show up, like leave your camera at home. Dude, just that crash with us for a week. That meant a lot, man. Like I didn't actually come stay with yeah. you, but just the fact that you reached out, it meant a lot to me. And it was, had a lot of support from everybody and everybody like, you know, people you can lean on and trust in. And that's kind of what helped us get to where we are now. Absolutely. Uh, um, talk, talk a little bit about, Buttery Bros now, right? So you came out, you know, you immediately thought like, let's let's get after building a documentary. I remember the conversations were like, okay, maybe we'll like do a road to the games. You know, you went to Dubai and kind of like that was the thought. You come back to Dubai, you go to Cookville to build some content and this idea is on the table. You're thinking about how to go about this and boom, you, yeah, you hang yeah. out with so, him. Yeah, so in a... Uh in Dubai, even before all this started. So we'd, we'd come out with, uh, kind of wrap up 2018. We, we thought we were going to get the rights to the 2018 documentary. 
and that, that it became quite clear that that wasn't going to happen. So we were trying to find another solution. And one solution we came up with was we wanted to do something very different than what we had done in the past in terms of movies. So we were like, let's do a documentary series and each sanctional we can go to would be an episode within that series. And so we're like, first episode, Dubai. It's epic. Matt Fraser's going to be there. Let's go compete there. And while we got there, I had started a film with my GoPro and some stuff on my Sony to try and create a little vlog around it. Because I was like, I don't know how long these episodes are going to take and what the release is going to be like, but maybe we can create a vlog along the way. In Dubai, we got too caught up into the politics of dealing with the Dubai film, the Dubai CrossFit Championship people. So we were lucky enough to just walk away with the footage that we had, and I kind of lost track of trying to do the vlog. So then uh, when we went to shoot a commercial with Matt around New Year's, we got a call from a company. Hey, we want you to go shoot this commercial. It was January 1st, and we're like, sure, we'll go do this. Went out, and and we shot all the stuff for, that they needed for that their spot. That evening, I had filmed a bunch of stuff going out there and goofing around, and then I said, hey, it's New Year's. Let's do acid bath. Let's do that epic workout from Dubai. Um, Sammy was like, I'll film it, and we filmed the whole thing, and we went home and started editing the spot, and then Marjan finished editing that and then started looking at all the footage. He's like, I think we got a story here. This would be kind of fun. (laughs) So he started editing it and had this epic edit of like, uh, he's like, I think we need an intro. So we sat down at his kitchen table. So if you watch the video, it's us sitting down at the kitchen table and saying, what's up, everybody? We're starting our little show. And and we dropped that the first night we got to Wadapalooza. We stayed up and, and released that video. And I had my wife create the little buttery pancakes guy. And and we came oh, up with Oh, your wife the, did that? Yeah, she she created the initial one. Oh, yeah. that's, awesome. that's awesome. I didn't and, know that. And we... Uh, we we set up a YouTube channel and an Instagram. We didn't set up the Instagram. We just had a YouTube channel and we set it up with like pictures and stuff. And we designed this whole thing, but then we forgot the website. We forgot some other things. But we're like, oh, we'll just see what happens. I think we figured out the name Buttery Bros. Like, yeah, we knew it was gonna be before. something with buttery because that was something we'd always say back in the day when we like hit a well composed shot. Like, oh, dude, check out this shot. It's buttery, butter. <laughs> and then you know, we're a couple of bros. So yeah, why not? So then we dropped it at Wadapalooza and the, the next day the event hap- started and instantly it was a hit. People referred to us as the Buttery Bros the next day and like walking around Wadapalooza, it was like, oh wow, this really struck a chord with community. People love the video. We got to create more of these. And so from that moment on, we were like, we set out to make more episodes of that. And then we can kind of circle back to what happened to the actual documentary series that we <coughs> set out to do that year too. Yeah, for sure. No, we, we, we'd love to talk about that. I think it's it's interesting from my perspective. I've been around the space a long time. Um, just what that's created in the space. Like, I, I don't think I've been more recognized personally from anything but being on your episodes. So People, like I, people call you Chief? Chief I, I, was, I was telling them that I was in an airport in some <laughs> random place, and I'm like, I hear Chief, and I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? This was like early on. Yo, Keith told me last week, oh, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, my kid calls me Chief now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm proud of that. No, it's really it's really cool. You know, what's um, now what's that been like, right? So um, this is now like a freight train, right? Like, you know, it's a, it's a business unit. It's... um. You have a community, right? Like you have, you have all this these fans, and so you know we always joke around and say like, "What's up, YouTubers?" Right? Yeah, it's a Matt thing, right? But what's it, what's it what's it like to be a YouTuber? Like that's what it, I mean. Would you call yourselves YouTubers at this point? I don't know. Would you say you're a YouTuber? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like yeah, I, I, I think filmmakers, you're, you're currently on YouTube. Yeah, I'm on like YouTube, that's, but that's not like I don't think that's the limit, and I don't think it needs to be, and I don't think it, and I'm not saying that YouTube is a bad thing either. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, it's just finding the best platform. And right now, YouTube is the best platform for what we're doing. 
So what, what I think is wild is like you guys have made full length feature films, but in those films you don't get in front of the camera. Yeah. Like you're doing everything else, but that's where all the recognition comes from is when you get in front of the lens. Yeah. And, and so, so I'm sure like a lot of people, and I, I know like Sammy did it one time where she was like, Oh, like, like how, how do I describe you guys? Like YouTubers, Instagrammers. And you were like movie maker. <laughs> and, and it was like, Oh, like, duh, you've yeah. made multiple full length movies that have been in theaters like on iTunes, everything, you know? Um, yeah. It's just wild where the recognition comes from. Right. And then where you've actually put in like the most hours and work, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a, at this point, it's kind of split across the board where we've done about 50% on each, especially in 2019, where we've done a ton of work on YouTube and now a ton of work on the, the new feature film that mm. we're putting out. Yeah. I think that that's, you know, the resume is important, right? Like I think, I think a lot, you know, a lot of people do know, where, where you were and what you did and what you were, but what is your resume? Like talk a little bit about that because I think to me, I agree. Like that's why I asked the YouTuber question because I think there's a lot more depth there, right? There are people that are just that, but you have a lot of like very accomplished work, right? You know, that, that, that you were you know very directly responsible for. What, what is that work? Well, I mean, Heber started off making the feature films with Froning. And prior to that, we'd done the, the test of fitness, which was kind of like a story of the, the construction of the 2013 CrossFit games. And that led to him and the team deciding to do a feature film that we could then package and sell to like, you know, on iTunes or a streaming service. But prior to that, CrossFit wasn't doing any of that. And I remember it was a pretty um, out there idea from, from Heber saying, hey, I think this is, worthy of a bigger platform than, than YouTube or, you know, just the CrossFit websites and stuff like that. And I remember at the time being like, all right, I mean, like, I don't, I don't really know the process or what the, uh, how to get those things onto a website or, or onto a big, bigger platform. But he was kind of like the pioneer when it came to that. Yeah. It was actually an interesting discussion with HQ and they were like, uh, why don't we just put it on YouTube? It'll, it'll get a million views. And I was like, but it's not respected as an art form on YouTube right now. Like it, this is a bigger story and it'll have a bigger reach if we put it on another platform. And it wasn't a financial thing. It was just like, I want to be able to see this on my TV when I, where I buy my other movies. And, um, finally I got some people talked into it. They loved the idea. And then they really loved the idea when opening weekend within 12 hours of it being released on iTunes, it was number three on the iTunes charts, like behind Jurassic world entourage Froning. And it was, it was like, Damn. it was a pretty big moment for CrossFit HQ. And they were like, Oh yeah, we should do this on the next movie. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this every year guys. Well then, then in 2015, we didn't really set out to make uh, a movie we just set out to like you know cover the games make highlights and all that and then at the end of it all we had all the coverage we needed to actually do that and that was like the first one that we all that like started like the fittest on earth uh yeah, series yeah 14 it was just on youtube right Four, 14 was it like a collab so there was froning in 14 and then Ian yeah. made like a, a multi-person story that went on just on YouTube. And yeah. It was, it was like a full feature length documentary. Yeah. Yeah. It, okay. It I remember that. On yeah. And then 15 was the first fittest film. Yeah. 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 And then obviously from there it was decade of fitness and then redeemed and dominant. And, and now the, the fittest is because they own the rights to fittest on earth. So we're like, let's just call it the fittest clean. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so talk about that. Like, I think that, you know, um, you're about to launch, uh, premiere, the next version of that. What's going on? Yeah, we just finished our new movie, Fittest, The Fittest. Matt's watched it. You've watched yes, it. Yes, I have. Yes. Uh, it's dropping in April. I think April 7th. Um, internationally, uh for a week on iTunes and then it'll be available on other platforms where you can video on demand so you can rent or buy. Um, and then other streaming platforms like a Netflix or Amazon prime. I think they usually we start, um, bidding for that in a few weeks. So I don't know where it'll be outside of that. Maybe not, but there's a good chance. We'll see. Great. It's, it's, it's a fun new film. What was funny is so like we obviously set out to do a series and then, that once the open was after some of the sanctioned events, it kind of took the drama out of the season because all the top athletes were then qualified by mm-hmm. February and all the stories leading after that just wasn't as dramatic. So we didn't really know what we were going to do with the series until we got in touch with Gravitas, who's done the distribution on our past films. And they were like, it was literally the week before the games we were filming with Sarah or Anna, Annie and Sarah. And we got a phone call and they're like, Hey, you're going to give you the green light and we want you to make just a, 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 you know, 90 to two hour documentary. And I was just like, I just remember hearing that and being like super excited because, you know, it was going to happen and we had the support, but also like super scared. Like I was just like afraid of failing personally because I just, at the time it just seemed like such a big insurmountable feat to, to pull it off. And now it's like, you're on your own. Yeah. You're, it's just the two of you. Whereas before, like, yeah, we had a whole team yeah, and, yeah, and we had, well, like, you, had you had your whole team and you had a steady paycheck. Yeah. And, and now it's like, oh, we're on our own. Yeah. All right. We're going to do adult things. Exactly, <laughs> man. Yeah. And it was literally finding a team the week of the game. So, so we had to like reach out on social media and, and to all of our contacts that we made over the years to try and help us actually pull it off. And Man, it's just it's it's crazy now to like look back on that and and kind of be like, wow, we actually did that because at the time I was like thinking like we got to buy a media server and we got to get it built and we got to hire people to help us you know shoot the thing and then ingest all the footage and it just seemed like we didn't have any uh, infrastructure at the time and it and it it's just surreal to to pull it off. Tell, tell me what goes into that. So I think you know dump dumb that down for anybody listening because I think. I mean, here, we, we've talked about this in other conversations I've had on this podcast, like everything looks really shiny and cool on the outside for everything we do as a group or you guys do individually. I know how hard you guys work. You know, I mean, you stay up all night. You know, that editing process was probably, you know, two, three hours of sleep a day for like a month, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, and anyone that follows them on social media <laughs> sees them like they're in like a like a disco nightclub room <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and it's they're posting it like at 4 a.m. And it's like, guys, <laughs> the fuck you doing? And I've never like, slept editing. less in my entire life than I have in 2019. Like we'd be pulling these all nighters because we're just trying to like get the content out as, as soon as we can. So it's fresh and that it doesn't like, you know, with time, I think it loses a lot of its value. But uh, man, Heber is like the king of no sleep. I'm always like, dude, I need to sleep. He's like, yeah, you just stop bitching, you know? <laughs> Except for this week, you guys at, at the games, and it's, you had like 14 dudes and a 12 foot RV. Yeah. And just, which was like the funnest uh, way to, that yeah. I've ever experienced the games. Like, RV that. Like, I mean, I've, I've done 11 years of the games or something. And, and this last year was the most unique and fun, but also challenging 
year I've ever done. But it, I feel like it'd be one of those things where like in the moment you're like, I am miserable. Like mm-hmm. it smells in here. It's hot. There's too many bodies. Like I feel gross. But then the week after you're like, man, that was a good time. Yeah. See, here's the thing is I don't have a sense of smell. And then you like, don't go actually, to the, yeah, I have, I have you like, can't smell I have like, anything. Like, like I'm always on like, a bro, you 10, like I smell like a three. Like I have no, like, what, you like sniff too much chlorine. I don't at know. The pool yeah, probably. Like I, yeah. I grew up swimming all the time. So oh, yeah, that's, there you a, go. that's yeah. a good, never thought of it. Yeah. I've just figured out my life problems <laughs> in five seconds. But yeah, I, uh, I have very little sense of smell, so I never had a problem in there, mm-hmm. but nobody ever used the toilet in there, which was great. Okay, yeah, and set then, down the ground rules. And then we we would never really get to the RV until like 11 p.m. at night, so we'd get there, sleep, wake up, have some food, and then get out of there. Yeah. And that was about all the time I spent in the RV, but it was a ton of fun. And like jumping back to Marzen's conversation about like the week of, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. We had a couple phone calls, got a couple people out there. We put it out like the biggest thing that's been incredibly helpful for us in 2019 was social media. Crazy, put it right? out there like, hey, we need help shooting some stuff. Anybody going to the CrossFit Games and have media credentials? And we had like 50 people respond saying like, hey, I can do this, I can do this, yeah. and I can do this. And we had a team built out in probably two or three hours after after signing the contract. Two or three hours. Like it was like Boom, we just got flooded. Done. Yeah, exactly. And, and I had kind of started conversations with people ahead of time with like Nico, who works with you guys a little bit. He was like, hey, I know you're going to go. Are you going to do something? If you do, I want in. And I said, hey, we're planning on it, but we have no guarantees. Yeah. So if you're going to be there, we'd love to have you on our team. And and the second we got the phone call, I sent him a message. He said, sweet, I'm in. So he's already in place. And then, and I had like two or three people like that already set up. So once we got the ball rolling, it was like just connect the dots and, and set up a crew. But like setting up a media server, setting up like the place where you're going to put all your footage that you're shooting. Because years past, we'd fill up, what, 40 terabytes worth of footage at the CrossFit Games? Yeah. And so this year we had to figure out like, okay, well, we don't have that kind of bandwidth or capacity or mm-hmm. time to offload all that. So how are we going to shoot this in a way where we have a manageable amount of media? And then also how are we going to allocate time to dump that every day? So we hired a really expensive guy that came and helped us out. And part of his job was you're also going to deal with all this content and media after the fact because Marson and I have to go shoot all day. So you yeah. have to have a bigger responsibility. And he was on the ball. We had this guy named Evan, Evan that just smashed it. He was incredible. And on top of all that, we were trying to do buttery bro shows. So yeah. it's like we're, we're producing. Oh my God. We're, <laughs> yeah. yeah we're, we're trying to produce a documentary. So like I, I was literally like the only person allowed out on the field to, to be on the field with a camera. Like everybody else was behind the barriers. And I've done that for, every year in the past so when the time came to go to the games i was like hey crossfit you guys really need a camera on the field because that's like valuable stuff and like if you don't do that you're gonna be kind of dropping the and ball then it's gone forever yeah, yeah and i was like if nobody's out there you, you know you'll regret it and i was like it doesn't need to be me i've done it for the past 10 years but if you want to get a new guy go ahead but i just think somebody should do it and so we came up with this trade basically so that i could be out on the floor capturing all that stuff and then we would give them all the footage to use for whatever CrossFit for promotional content they needed. And so we'd shoot an event, come off the floor. I'd immediately grab a smaller camera. We were shooting on reds on the floor, grab like a smaller Sony camera, go behind the scenes, interview all the athletes as, as much as I could mm-hmm. and get the story that happened out on the field, immediately switch gears, put myself in front of the camera, <laughs> go around just trying to do buttery bros content like goofing off and joking around and then just immediately like okay we got six minutes i'm gonna go pick up the other camera and go film an event it was just like 
it was the most juggling of of just four four days and it's like sleep is on the back burner yeah You're like i'll sleep if if i'm able to i will but if not yeah nope it was crazy man and it, it was like I'm I'm just super proud. Like it, it's super surreal to like look back on that and think that like we produced Buttery Bro shows and shot the documentary and then somehow, you know, like we got an editor after everything was done and he, you know, like Mark Billingsby who who helped us do rough cuts on all the events and everything that, uh, you know, that we just didn't have time for because we were, we have obligations to sponsors and we've already committed to going on trips and shooting all this other stuff. So we needed to be, have somebody that was actually like laying the groundwork for the documentary while we were still shooting buttery bros and he did a great job and we were able to kind of pick up all the stuff that he did and finish it off. How, how do you go? Like, I'm so intrigued at the process. Like how, how do you go about like, do you remember things? Do you write things down? Like, how do you, like, dude, you have hundreds of hours of footage to, to, to peel through, right? Yeah. How do you get, like, what we saw. How do you log it? Yeah. Like, how do you, like, what, like, is it, do you have it logged a certain way so you know where you can go? Because, like, what we watched the other night, like, it's incredible. Like, it's insane. I think we take for granted, like, how well it's put together. Yeah. Man. You got to be super organized and, like, it's super easy to like have a bunch of stuff go offline and break. And, you know, if you're not taking care of, you know, getting everything into the right sequences and builds and everything. So the way that we do it, and I'm not sure how other people do it, but the way that we wrapped our heads around doing it from documentaries perspective is we would basically have two, two sets of uh, sequences, like sequences that were event selects where we'd go through every single camera that was on the floor, pull all the best you know, compose shots into a timeline. And then we'd also have a behind the scenes bin where it was like separated by events. So it's like, I know that if I have, you know, if we're, if we're doing first cut from the games, there's a timeline with all the best cameras color coded by camera. And then there's also a whole nother sequence. That's uh, all the best behind the scenes. And then there's even all the, uh, there's a timeline with everybody's interview that happened to talk about that particular workout. So being able to like whittle everything down into like it's super challenging when you only have two hours to tell a story that you're you're telling a men's and a women's race and and you're constrained to well and then eat like on the women's side there's like 10 different stories by the end of it yeah on the men's side there's 10 different stories and then on both sides now you have these perennial voices that have been there every year that just happen to get chopped out early yeah and it's like all right, well, they still have a great opinion on what's going on. So now not only are you looking at the 10 people on the floor, but then there's four or five other voices yeah, like that are great for the story, but they're not even on the floor anymore. I know, and that was what was like the drama of this movie that's coming up. It's the, the cut system was very different from movies in the past because that didn't really happen. So we wanted to focus on that and kind of tell the changes of the whole season, but also like how... What was it like to go to the games and only compete for a day and a half? And, mm-hmm. you know, like, do you feel like it was a good test? And like, we were trying to be just as, uh, you know, removed as possible as filmmakers, but just kind of like report the facts. Like, I didn't want to like have my own opinion come across, you know, because like I didn't want people to think like this is just a disgruntled employee that's making this movie. Yeah, I was yeah. I was just trying to be like as much um, as a as a filmmaker to just present what I saw and the way that it happened and, and the way it unfolded for me. Yeah. I think that that's, and now after having seen it, 
I think that's one of the most fascinating pieces is like, you know, how inserted you are in, in the ecosystem and a part of all those changes and how well you, um, you know, separated and, and sort of allowed the whole story to be told either from people still there or athletes or people that have left and didn't necessarily uh, influence it one way or another. Um, that to me, that, I mean, I can't wait for people to see it. It's really really good you guys did a really good job thanks i mean mean, how about you from an athlete perspective (laughs) so there there was a couple different points in the movie so i mean movie was phenomenal i can't wait for other people to see it but like i was there i know the ending like i know what's going to happen i know and like most of the people in my in the film are like friends of mine we've talked about this like what do you think about this event or that event or this cut that i've had the conversations But then just seeing the way it was put together, there was a couple moments through the video where like I would kind of nudge Sammy and like show her the goosebumps on my arms or like she would turn around just like crying and she would like turn around to see if I'm crying. I'm like, yes, Sammy, I'm crying. Don't look at me. (laughs) Like, And it's like, I know the ending of the movie for for everyone involved. And it's still getting me. And remember like halfway through the movie, I was like, I was getting all sweaty like ready to go and just like, I just like take off my shirt. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. Like my heart's racing right now. <laughs> the, the interesting <clears throat> um, piece will be, we'll watch it again probably tonight or tomorrow or something. Sure. And yeah. we're going to film some of it, right? Yeah. I, I, I want to sit down and just do like a <laughs> director's commentary with Matt Fraser and I'm, see I'm, if that same emotion comes up. I've, I've been half interested to do something like that of like watching my events and comment and do commentary on the commentary. Oh, yeah. Just how wrong they are <laughs> so often. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's always interesting. That. It's like, because after people have time to like cool off and like really kind of like be measured with what they're thinking and the way that they felt throughout the weekend, it's very different answers than when like you get cut and you just walk off the field and we throw a camera in your face, you know, like. Yeah, that's that, that, pretty- was, that, that was one thing about those interviews. Like, I think we did a, my interview for the movie the day after. Yeah, right? Monday morning. And I was in a very, like, calm place. Yeah, you were. And and I, I think that was just a reflection of how I was through, like, most of the weekend of being in second place. And, you know, you sign up for a competition knowing it's a very real possibility. I'm not going to win. And it's like, if you're not okay with that outcome, you shouldn't sign up. Because there's only two options. And that's one of them. And so it's like, it's a reality. You, you always hear the people like, oh no, you have to go in knowing that you can win. It's like, no, that's complete bullshit. That's not the way it is. If that's how you're thinking, it's kind of silly. Yeah. You know, it's like saying, give 110%. It's like, nope, that's not a thing. Like give it your all. Yeah. But yeah. You know. um, but yeah, I like most of the weekend was spent realizing like, okay, I might not win. This is a real thing. And then going into the interview, I was very calm and I feel like I was able to talk about the events without emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it was fresh too. You know, like that was the day after <laughs> hammer drill on the wall. Yeah, no, uh, that's cool. He can get that out. Yeah. Um, there we go. Shit, what was I even saying? The, the, uh, you, yeah, I mean, it was the day after like the morning after we're going through and it's like, all right, what about this event? This event, like 
that shit's still fresh. Yeah, my, hand, and that's, my hands are literally still bleeding and I'm talking about the events. Yeah, and that's I, like my favorite time to do it is like, you know, unfortunately, I mean, like Tia had a great interview, but we weren't able to actually catch up with her until several months later in, in Hawaii. That's when we did her first interview, did her second interview. After that, we had to interview her a couple of times. But I think that, the, the, you know, with time, I think you look at things differently. Well, I think I, I remember in previous movies like i always had to like fly out to hq to do it do the interviews and then they're like all right i remember like hebes being like all right what do you think about event three what was it what was event three <laughs> yeah and you know and then like as soon as he says it you, you remember some things about it but then like you watch the footage of the event like a couple days later and you're like oh i totally forgot that i had that interaction with this person or like you know whatever it was man, I, I wish I brought that up in the interview. Yeah. With this movie, that was not the case. Yeah. Like, we, like that was like another reason, like we'd always shoot the interviews like several, like a month or two down yeah. the road after we had kind of wrapped up everything else. But this movie, we're like, we're on a really tight budget here. We got to try and get as many people before they leave. Yeah. yeah. We, we don't want to, we can't afford to fly and yeah. see people. And that's, that's another reason why like it, Brooke Wells is a good example. Like she got cut and we were talking to her about that and you, it was still fresh, you know, she cried in her interview and yep. I feel like if we had done that, you know, a month or two later, there's no way we would have got that same emotion. So it was really cool that we were able to turn it around mm -hmm. and do it the next day. How do you deal as a filmmaker properly documenting the emotion and, you know, people's reactions to certain things? And you're also friends with everybody. That yeah, that, that's one, that's one thing I'm curious about because, I can't think of anyone that you've gone to film and you've been to film with all the top games athletes. I can't think of anyone that's like, nope, don't like Marston or nope, don't like Heber. Hunter McIntyre. Oh, no. <laughs> he's, he's the not, only he, one. He's not a real fucking games athlete. Yeah, okay. So who yeah, cares? Well, yeah, after, um, after 10 years of doing it, there's, I've never been shut down and like, I honestly just wanted to have a conversation with the guy. I don't dislike I mean, it, the guy. It, he was the wild card. And it's I was usually like, when you expose like, like, hey, like you're good at what you do. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. His sport and what he does, he is the best. There's no way around it. Yeah. And he's a phenomenal athlete. But you come into my sport, I'm going to fuck you up it's the same way. Like if I tried to run a 10K next to you, it's going to be the same results probably. Yeah. And, and I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to like, you know, I, I think jostle I think, him or anything. I was, it was honestly like he was the wild card and I think he had like a giant x on his back and i was literally just trying to tell his story and he was like nope i don't like your guys youtube because like you know we went to granite games and gave him shit because he was the wild card which if you're the I, wild card you should be able to handle that so. i i understand a bit where he comes from like he was put in a bad situation i spent some time with him one-on-one -on -one, and i was like oh okay you're nothing like you are online you're like you're easy to talk to he was a fun guy and then it was like as soon as the camera turned on it was like a whole different animal yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, but one-on-one, -on -one, I, I got along with him. Great. Uh, I felt, I did feel for him a little bit because like when he, when I trained with him, he was like, man, it's really cool that I got a wild card, right? Like he was excited for it. Sure. And I was like, no, like I, I flew all the way to fucking Dubai. I was there for 17 days. I competed, got I got throttled to get the same spot that you just like 
made a social media campaign. Sure. And he was kind of like, oh, but that's not his fault. Yeah. yeah it's I, like, I, I don't blame him it, for any of that. It, I think exactly. he just got bad. He got put in a bad situation. Exactly. And like, I, yeah, I just remember talking to him and like, he expected everyone to be as happy for him as he was about it. And, and so, yeah, I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. He's not the one who like gave yeah. himself the wild card spot. Um, but yeah. yeah, I'm not going to assume anything, but my, my, I would guess that by the time we started giving him crap, he had gotten crap from so many people that we were probably the last draw. Oh, I mean, I mean, when, him. when, when he came, uh, and trained with T and I, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't probably wasn't like the best day for him. Um, I mean, like his TV personality came out. So like he asked us if he can come train and I was like, yeah, dude, absolutely. Like always down to have like new people in just to hang out and train, you know, whatever. And, uh, so the next day he shows up like full camera crew. And I was like, like asked you like, Hey, did you tell him he could bring cameras in? And she's like, Nope. And I was like, okay, cool. Like you don't want to be filmed. Right. She's like, Mm-mm. and then like, first thing he does is like, Post a picture of our full whiteboard of our day of training. He's giving away the and he's the like formula training oh, with training with Matt and Tia. This is <laughs> everything they're doing no, no. today. <laughs> like and I get tagged on the story. I'm like I go. I'm like, dude, take that down. Yeah. Like, have you not noticed that in five years no one's ever seen any training I've done? Like, yeah. Like, pick up on the hints here. Yeah. And, you know, it's just common stuff of like games athletes know of like when you go train with someone else. It's like you gotta ask. Yeah, you gotta ask. You know. And then, yeah, so we, we, we had a paparazzi across it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, because we don't know, we don't pick up on little things like that. We just jump. What up, was funny? Is, what face. was funny is like I heard him on a podcast, and he was like, "Yeah, those guys, you know, they're going to be out of this space within a year." And I'm like, "Dude, you just came into this space within a year. Like, how can you? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't hold grudges. I get. I don't get offended real easy, and I, I, I kind of let it go off my back. But yeah, I mean." Yeah, I, I'm I'm in a tough spot with that because like for someone to come in brand new into the space and say something like that to you two, like those are fighting words. <laughs> it's like, dude, I'm gonna take you out back and beat the shit out of you. My, you know? He's got our back. We got, um, got that phrase of a bodyguard. Um, <laughs> Thanks, man. But, <laughs> so my big brother. But, but stand up for me on the schoolyard. Meet you at the flagpole, bro. <laughs> I'm bringing my brother Matt. <laughs> you know, but there's stuff like I see him like people just like raking him over the coals and it's like okay he didn't do anything wrong yeah. you know he got a wild card spot and like is he supposed to say no like I'm, I'm gonna earn this the right way when he clearly can't it's like no he took advantage of a opportunity and did it um but then like it's when people come in and say shit like that i'm like who do you think you are like i've been here for years you just got here yeah, that, that stuff rubs me the wrong way. So besides yeah. Hunter, I feel like we have a great relationship yeah, exactly. with the vast majority of all the top games. Athletes. So anyways, yeah, back to the original question. Right. There's clearly bad moments that athletes have at competition. And I know for myself, I'm, I'm the same as everyone else. Like, I've had bad moments of competition. And then when someone is reporting on it and saying like, oh, Matt fucked up. I'm like, ow, damn, dude. Like, I thought we were friends. Yeah. You know? Uh, like how, how do you, how do you guys deal with that? Like there's well, clearly those situations that you need to say, like take the inventory of someone that 
is a friend that you've known for years. How do you do that? And like, do you, does the, does the friendship like cross your mind or are you just like, nope, this is the story. If the friendship survives it, cool. If not, you know, it's part of, part of like what we have to do. And I, as you answer that, I think it's really important for everybody to know too, like, because I, I get to see that all that and what comes out. And I don't, and what I'm, the reason I asked the question is I don't think you protect anyone, including him or anyone. I think you do a really good job given the whole story. Um, you know, you know, and that's gotta be really hard. Right. So th- I think that's my thing is like, you know, how, how do you, how do you do that? Because like, know, what, what are the factors that play into it? I mean, I, I think first, like it's in our best interest to like build the athletes up. We like these athletes. We're yeah. friends with all of them, you know? So it's like, I'm not trying to burn any bridges and I'm not trying to like offend anybody. So it's, I don't, I think we, and, and for the most part we stay relatively drama free. So. So for, for moments like that, it's, it's about the conversations and relationships you build up before they happen. So perfect example was in Dubai. We were filming with Laura Horvath and, um, the first day I can't remember what it was, but it didn't go her way. And she was kind of emotional and I stayed my distance and I filmed a little bit, but I didn't get up in her grill. Mm-hmm. And, um, later that night I pulled her aside and I said, Hey, you just had a kind of a, a moment today. And I stayed out of your face out of respect, but I want you to know that in five years, if more of those moments happen and we don't capture them, you're going to regret it because mm-hmm. that's part of your story. Yeah, And so in, the coming weeks, if things don't go your way or coming events, they might not go your way and I'm going to have a camera in your face and you're going to hate me in the moment. But in five years, you're going to thank me. She's like, okay. So from that moment forward, I didn't have a problem putting a camera in her face. Mm -hmm. And for us as storytellers, we're not making any opinions on how you performed. We're just covering what happened. And then I let someone like Tommy give an opinion about like, (laughs) oh, how did they do? Oh, they didn't do their best. I'm like, oh, you dick. (laughs) Let that fall on the sword. Segue to the club, right? And so then, but for us, it's like, that's just one example of conversations with, and it's it's interesting with, with female athletes versus male athletes or just over a long period of time, people know like, Hey, it's going to be stressful. And there's been only one or two times where someone's been like, Hey, get the can like go away. I yeah. don't want to have the camera in my face. And I, I talked to that person the next morning and I said, Hey, you were frustrated. You're going to thank me at some point in your life when you have this moment captured mm-hmm. and, and your story is told. Otherwise no one's going to know who you are because and, no one's going to know the drama and real behind it. And worst case scenario, it's like if I am in your face and you do hate me and then you leave the sport, it's like, all right, you just, someone dislikes me. Yeah, or, exactly. Like, it's not the end of the world. But the reason that the highs are as high as they are is because you see the yeah. lows, you know? Yeah, so exactly. that's, that's like, if, if, if we just told all I, the good I, stuff that happened. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome to know that, like, the first time it happens, you're like, okay, I'm going to keep my distance. But then once once they're settled a little bit, I'm going to come in, explain it. Yep. And I, I'm sure that if they said, like, nope, in moments like that, I don't want you around, you just kind of have to shrug your shoulders and yeah. go like, oh, that, that sucks. sucks. Yeah. But we haven't really had that problem. Like, like here's another perfect example is Tia. In 2016, she led us around for all of it. And mm-hmm. it was an epic story, but it didn't really go her way. Mm-hmm. And then in 17, she was, I think, a little hesitant to have us around. But I had a long conversation with her at the beginning of the week. And she's like, okay, I'm in. She was in for it. And the story arc between those two movies for Tia is absolutely bonkers incredible because you have this roller coaster of an emotional journey in 16 
to this incredible finish in 17. Mm -hmm. And it, it really seals her as like this incredible athlete. And, and people are huge fans now because they've seen the lows and they've seen the high. And it, it and the me, growth too. And, yeah, and, now, growth like, and I mean, now it gives Shane and I just all the ammunition yeah. Yeah. in the gym <laughs> to just give, give her a hard time every yep. day. Yep. We can every time she's like, like Shane, like, no, oh, that's too many muscle ups. I'm like, all right, 2016 to you. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, boys, 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 What, what, you know, and, I, and I've seen you peel the onion back, right, on a, a lot of these guys. And not to ride this too hard, because I think, I think this is what, you know, I think this is the art that we see on the outside. And I, I don't know that um, a lot of people understand how hard that is, because you guys are super tight with all these guys, especially him, right? Like, and I think, you know, you do, you know, and I know how hard, it's not hard. I know what it takes to, to get, gain trust here. And I, you know, I've learned a lot from him on that. I respect it. It's, it, the process is beautiful. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, what, what is, uh, you know, I think the last piece of that for me is like, you know, how, how do you, you know, especially with him, right? Like you guys are super tight. You guys spend a lot of time. How do you balance that? Because you really need to get all those moments out of them. Like, how do you, you know, make sure you hold yourself accountable to ask him the hard questions? or ask Tia or Katrin the hard questions because it's not all glory all the time, right? Like, how do you dig in on him? How do you dig in on those people that you do care about because you genuinely care about Matt? I what, know what tricks do you play to get inside my head? Well, it's timing of the questions, right? Like, like I love Savon and his timing was always super aggressive. Oof, I, and, and by the way, I, I saw him, that, 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 this is like the little blip into that. Dan Bailey come off the floor, didn't qualify in that regional in California for the first time. Yeah immediately dan how are you feeling yeah you know, and that was i was like woof but maybe I he got a, away with it but in, in the 2017 when he's like you think nike's gonna drop you josh like he like <laughs> said that to him and like when josh is not doing well it's like okay don't don't try and fucking I, have I him mean, implode seven has a different relationship with the athletes yeah and especially i think, those I think guys that's a big thing like if anyone else tried to because i i've had one where i came off the floor in 2015 games after i fell off the rope right and like I didn't even hit the tunnel yet. And he's asked me the questions, but he, he was good. It was like, I was like, mm, give me five minutes. And he's like, yep, cool. Uh, if anyone else tried to do or ask what he does, it would be received very differently. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just finding the right time to ask those questions. Cause in the movie or the film, you can edit it however you want. So it can make it look like he's answering when he's coming off the floor or, you edit this clip right next to this clip and it feels like it's all tied together and you get a genuine answer. Um, so it's asking the right questions, but also just letting them, uh, I try to let them talk as much as possible without me having to ask anything. So if they're coming off the floor mm. and I'm just walking next to you, some people end up just running their mouth. Yeah, and they, exactly what I wanted to yeah, say. Yeah. They're anyways. just rambling, yeah. rambling on and you're like, Oh, all right, well this is great anyways. Yeah, yeah. So I got what I needed and, and I didn't have to be a dick about it, you know? So it's, it's, it's just finding what works with what, what athletes and, and how to, to get the right questions out of them. Nothing against what, how seven operates. He does a phenomenal job. And, and like, I, I just, I don't operate that way. Have, have there been any moments where you had to be a dick and like Ooh. ask the hard question at a hard time or, yeah. you know, Ricky Gerard. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. Dude, Dude, this is point. one that, this is one that I wish like I got some heat over that of people like calling Ricky a bitch in the movie. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, I was saying if you're cheating, then you're a bitch. 
when I did my interview for the movie, you didn't I know. didn't know Ricky had popped. Mm. I found out like two days later. Yeah, for the timeline of that, I don't even think it was that soon unless someone told you. Mm-hmm. But you yeah, came into the office. Me. You came into the office and I had him set up the interview with you. And Mariah and I were down in Australia. So we were, mm-hmm. we were bouncing around yeah, doing a yeah, bunch yeah. of post interviews. So you came in and Marsden and Rory set up that interview with you. But yeah, no one knew except for, I think, five, five of us, maybe. I can't remember the yeah. total number. Yeah, we knew pretty early, like right after and, we got back from the game. So <laughs> someone told me, and it was just that person. I, there was no witnesses. So I was like, I was like, this is a test. I didn't, I didn't think it was real. And I was like, this person is seeing if they can trust me. If you're a rat. And for- exactly. And yeah. so I didn't know if it was true or not. So I remember my dad used to always do it. He used to tell me, he's like, whenever I went to a new rink and I wanted to find out if I could trust the coaching staff, I would tell them that I got someone pregnant. And he's like, I would only tell one person. Wow. And then if that, if some, if anyone else ever came up to me, it was like, my God, you got so-and-so pregnant. What are you going to do? And he's like, oh, well, I only told that lie to that one person and it got back to me. So I can't trust that person. Wow. So I thought that's what this person was doing to me. Dude, three months, I didn't tell O'Keefe. I didn't tell Sammy. I didn't say a word to anyone. Wow. And then it finally got released. I was like, oh my God, it was real. It was real. (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited. Dude, it was like a pressure cooker. I was back in Santa Cruz and I knew Heber and Mariah were down in Australia. And Mm -hmm. I thought that, that they were, that that CrossFit was going to come out and be like, yeah, you've been caught. And Mm -hmm. and I thought there was going to happen while Heber was there. And I thought they're going to. Yeah. I was told the, the email was supposed to have been sent out the weekend we were there. Yeah. I was, I was genuinely, I was like worried for your safety. I was like, he's going to rip Heber apart. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Ricky's a big dude. Well, the, you know, first of all, I have no sympathy because it it quickly became about you guys and not what he had actually done, right? Like, I know he took to the, you know, he despised you guys and didn't like how he's portrayed actually, in the I film. Don't, I don't remember how he, I just remember I mean, one, one no of the comments. To, there's no was, way to portray him well. Like, right. A, you got caught doing some shit that was clearly illegal. So, like, when, when the report came out, and it was like, Ricky Garrard popped for this and this. I was like okay, I don't know what either of those are. Look them up, like Google search. And it's like, I remember I was in a group chat with you. Right. And we're like all sending in clips from these articles. And it was like, oh, of course this is cheating. And yeah. people are like, it's not steroids, it's SARMs. It's like, all right, whatever. Yeah, like, call it what you want. But yeah, you look at like- Call a spade a spade. Exactly. Right? Um, so yeah, and then in the movie, I don't know how many people caught it because like no one ever like freeze framed it and was like, there it is when his brother's like handing him a vial. Yeah, that was, I, that's why we put it in there. I was like, I don't know what's in that vial. That it could was, be, that could be cough syrup or that could be. It was after the movie came out. And I remember I was talking to Kara and she brought it up. She was like, do you remember when we were all in drug testing together and Ricky came out with his cup of urine? And I was like, holy shit, I forgot. It was like sunset red. Really? Like so, he walks out with this cup of urine. It's a clear cup. And then like he's at the table and they have to test like the pH balance or whatever it is. Or, and then they bottle it up, put it in the packages and send it off. And he was one of the first guys to go. And Car and I are sitting there waiting for another agent to become free so we can go pee. Ricky comes out with his cup and we, Car and I are both like, damn, Ricky, go drink some water, dog. Like that's rhabdo right there. Damn. Like his piss was red. Wow. And then we're like, oh, that makes those sense. masking agents. Oh, uh, 
there you go. You know, it's just stuff like that. And like, there was stuff that came up way after the fact that I had forgotten that happened throughout the week. Like, you remember the event that, like, so once they take you from um, the athlete area where there's like the cubbies and everyone's hanging out, they corral you, walk you over to the the warm-up area underneath the Coliseum. And then it's only 10 athletes in there at a time. And then they corral you, you go out on the floor. And when you're in that warm-up area, you are not allowed to leave. Like you are, you're not allowed to go anywhere down the halls, anything. There's bathrooms there, warm-up equipment, corrals. And technically you're supposed to check in back at the main warm-up area and then yeah. like go with your group. To like you have a chaperone walking you. The coaches can't walk over with you. You meet them over there. All, anyways, we're in that second warm-up area under the, under the um, Coliseum. And I'm looking around, I'm like, where the fuck is Ricky? And like, he is nowhere to be found. Benny is nowhere to be found. And I'm like, where are these guys? Like, we're go- we got the 10 minute call. I haven't seen them at all over here. Dude, I go into the bathroom. I'm, I looked under every stall, everything. I'm like, where the fuck is this kid? Nowhere to be found. And then like, as we get corralled, he shows up. And I'm like, where the fuck you been? Like he wasn't there for 40 minutes. He didn't warm up for the event. And then he goes out and like the event before it was like, he was crumbled. He's falling apart. Comes out the next event. Superhero. Didn't warm up. I'm like, Hmm. What's going on here? Yeah. And then I remember another games athlete. He and I are on the bikes after an event, cooling down. I was like, yeah, Ricky's doing well, huh? Or he asked me that. He was like, Ricky's doing well, huh? I was like, yeah, suspiciously. Oh. <laughs> and he was like, wait, why do you say that? And I was like, because <laughs> I think he's on steroids. And he was like, oh, shit, me too. And I was like, wait, why do you think that? <laughs> and we both like went through our reasonings. And it was just funny because like the whole competition, I'm like, yeah, he's clearly on steroids right now. Like yeah. I competed against him, what was it, seven months before? Yep. Which is where he said in an interview with McCoy Post that he started the, the process. Oh, really? Huh. Well, he was saying basically that, like, I started taking it then when he fully finally was like, oh, I knew what I was doing. Oh, oh, so, I, I've never seen that. So there's an interview that, and I want to point that out. There's an interview that McCoy did um, at that, the regional. That oh, okay, year, okay, yeah, and yeah. And it was with him and Benny. Um, and it's like, if you watch that, it even makes the story even crazier because, like, they had both said, like, you know, he didn't know. He didn't know what, what Benny said. Ben, ben said he didn't know, right? Yeah. And, and then, then Ben and, pops for the same thing two years later. But in that interview. How did you like, not know and then do the same thing? Like, <laughs> never catch, bro. never catch two of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, they, 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 they got to get their story straight because that interview is madness. And, like, he's blaming you guys for, you know, what he did, you know, the way you put, you know, reeled them in and all the shit and his girlfriend spouting off on social. But, yeah, that interview, um, you know, it talks about how he started that at that competition. Oh, so it was like no way. Not he hadn't trained it, but like he had used it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was like seven months prior. I competed against him, and like he, so he could run. Like he was, he had a great engine, not nearly what it was at the games, but then any time a barbell showed up, bundled, like any moving weight. And then he like PR'd he his snatch by like and then and then he's pounds. one of the seven months later like yeah seven months later taking a three hundred pound attempt out on the competition floor nah yeah like 
you can make gains like that, like maybe your first year in the gym. Like you make stupid gains your first year, your first time doing anything, you know? The learning curve is just quick. Everyone thought he was a rookie. No, he, he'd been to regionals like four times. Yeah. Like, yeah. Th- this wasn't his first like competition season. He's been here for four or five years and then just had this huge blip in, in his performance. CBD, bro. <laughs> CBD. Yeah. Have Striations. You, have, you, um, have you guys talked to him at all? No, no I, I think we might run into him in, in Australia next week. We're going to Wollongong, which is like his hometown, and doing an event down there called Tribal Clash. Oh, they do that stuff. Yeah, right, and I think yeah. he's. I think they they have competed in years past at it. So I'm interested to see. Bro, if, just tape some phone books around. <laughs> around yeah, right. Yeah. Not awkward. No, I'm. I'd be happy to talk to him. Get a round of beers, boil <laughs> bury the hatchet. I, I was. You like, should request more, an interview ahead. I was more up. pissed than anything. Like. Like me personally, I'm like, like, all right, like you cheated, but like, I still beat you. So I'm not really like Vellner's pissed. You know, some other people would took it personally. Me, I, I was like, eh, that's shitty of you, but you know, whatever. The time I spent with him, I, I met him in Australia, which was post. Well, he was, it was du- du- Dubai, pre Dubai. Dubai qualifier. Right. I met him there briefly. I hung out with him a bit in Dubai. Right. And then I spent a ton of time with him at the games. I had a great time with him. He's a fun guy. Yeah. You know, he's just, he's like a bro of bros. Great host. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Great host. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's where I was more disappointed of like, ah, damn it, man. I like, I, was, I liked you. <laughs> and then they pull some shit like this, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Super nice kid. Fun as hell. And like, he's a man's man. Yeah. But then dude chops wood for fun. Yeah. And he's coming. You don't? He's coming I, I back, do right? Too, actually. Isn't it isn't his isn't his suspension up though for the twenty one games? I wanna say he's eligible to compete at the twenty twenty one games. Yeah, I don't I don't know the exact date. It's either twenty one or twenty two, but I know he's coming. He's, I mean he posts every open workout online, right? Yeah. I, I mean he does like when regionals are still a thing, he was doing all those and yep. like ah. world record times. Yeah, obviously. Interesting. What so um what what's going like what's what's up next for you guys? Like where where are you headed? You know, you guys bounce around as much as any of us, right? So, you know, where do you plan to be this year? Um our our schedule is pretty booked out. Like obviously we're gonna be going to a lot of the loud and live events, going to Wadapalooza, gonna do the gauntlet, gonna you know, probably take one of the top spots in that, you know. Uh going to West (laughs) Coast. You know I'm doing the gauntlet too, right? You're doing the gauntlet. You're doing the gauntlet? (laughs) Oh shit. I don't know. It sounded cool. What is the gauntlet? Yeah, he's in. You should be in our heat, dude. I'm not gonna compete. I'm I'm not competing at Wadapalooza, but I will damn sure be there. It's it's basically just like a monster mash workout that that they put on that you can compete on the floor. It's like every spectator can go through and do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's five workouts within an hour basically. So you start it's waterfall, so um like every 10 minutes a new group's going on the floor and they're yeah. working down the line. So they're like work, 10 minute segments basically, but like uh, workout might be three minutes, might be five, might be a lit, like a, what was the last year? Like a max three rep thruster. Yeah. Like, I had yeah. my Disney moment. I beat Heber and Tommy. So yeah, we're doing that Thursday and Friday and then Squirrel the winner, the winners get to go on Sunday. So you might, oh. you might be like, yeah, dude. So wait, wait, the winner, I'll, I'll the winners on like the first round, then go through another one. Yeah. You'll qualify on a Thursday and Friday for like the gauntlet championship on Sunday. Is there a prize? There, there is. Bag of protein. What is it? Um, yeah, tell I'm me not the sure. Dude, what do I got? 
I'm sure. It's, What's on the line? It's like, like I don't know, thousands of dollars, a couple thousand, three thousand, four. I don't know. I mean, why why do four days of competition for fifty grand when you can do two hours for a grand, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah sign me up. You heard it. And then we're, we're obviously, we're going to go to West Coast Classic. We're going to go to all the Tribal Clash events. You're going to do the gauntlet there? Is there, is there a, gauntlet a gauntlet there too? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And right. yeah, whatever you want us to do. Tribal Clash events. We're going to Australia. We're going to Portugal. We're going to back here to the UK for one of their events and Huntington Beach. We were going to go to Bali, but the guy putting that on seems to be... We got some, we got some questions for that. We'll figure that out. <laughs> and, then, and then we got Watt on the waves after that. And then, uh, and then, yeah, Tribal Clash has some epic events happening that we're we're gonna be at all those, and then they get CrossFit Games. Yeah, those are how we how are we already back at the games. Damn, I mean, that's what I was thinking today. I was like, man, that's coming up, and I'm like, well, it's only January. I'm like, oh, we got a little bit of time. Yeah, it's yeah, like, dude, years tick by. Yeah, like once you get into the season, it's like you have your month after the games, and then it's like, all right, you do this competition for fun, and then it's like a month till the open. Yeah, and then that's over a month long. And then it's like, all right, now another month to Wadapalooza. And then boom, back in the game. He was like, damn, how'd we get back here already? I know, it's nuts. Well, you're going to your seventh CrossFit Games. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I do how believe I, I should have taken the footage of it where you were like, when I, I think we talked about like five years at one point, you were like, <laughs> no fucking way. I remember the first time I met Panchak and I was like, I was like, man, like you've been doing this forever, haven't you? Like you're one of those guys. And I like, I didn't know anyone or anything. And uh, and he was like, he was like, no, no, like not that long. He's like, this is my third time here. I'm like, three, you've been doing this shit for three years, dog? Like, <laughs> damn. And now I'm like going into, like I started CrossFit when I was 22 and wow. I just turned 30. 30, uh, bro. I know I'm dipped in, dude. I'm 32. You got, some, you got those dad, dad shoes, right? Dude, set them. Sammy got me a set of Monarchs, a full gray jumpsuit, and a visor. Dude, your dad. Looks like Fraser's on him his way to get some jello somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you um I think we're gonna get you guys to compete at West Coast Classic. We've talked about that. Yeah, we have. Like, a, like on an actual yeah, yeah, yeah. leaderboard team. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a good idea. Oh, yeah, man. Sammy, see. Sammy, guys, Sammy's competing. Sammy is competing on the so what Sammy, is the name of this team, Sammy? The Real Housewives. Oh my god! The real Housewives 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 and Sammy, uh, Jazz. What, what's Jazz's last name? Uh, I'm not sure. Team Richie. Yeah, Jazz. team yeah. Team Richie's Pocahontas. Better half. Yeah, Wanderlust Pocahontas. <laughs> and then uh, Michelle. And then, and then Michelle Velner, or yeah. she's not Velner yet, but yeah, and Velner's better half. Yeah, they're all doing a team together, and oh, I yeah. couldn't be more. Tia Tia keeps trying to say that she's yeah, the who's coach. Coaching that. Uh, Tia keeps saying that she's trying to coach it, and I'm like, no. I am. So we'll have a little battle over that to see who can do it. It should be interesting. Tell me, um, and you know, tell me about the relationship here. Cause I think this is important. Like you guys work together. You do everything together. Yeah. You know, you're everywhere. You spend 24 seven, like, yeah. What, what, what's so? What's the we're work? sleeping in the same bed tonight? I can't wait. Dude, that fucking, whatever I slept on last night, dude, I can't do it again. I'm gonna it's be okay. You don't have to. I'll be the little spoon you or get the to big sleep spoon on top of Heber now. Yeah, yeah we know. are gonna be close tonight, <laughs> buddy. I, last time we, I mean, we did You'll that. Literally, be better putting your blanket and pillow on this countertop. I completely agree because yeah. I was literally sleeping on like a bar in my back. I can night. sleep anywhere. I can't. I, Marston, I've seen you sleep sitting up. Dude, I could sleep better sleeping up on a, on an airplane oh, or on a, you know, moving car. I could probably lay on a dryer and get a better sleep than on that 
futon. What is a futon? Let's try this. Oh, meanwhile, I'm in there in a queen size bed. Like, ugh, I slept in queen size bed since I was in high school. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what is um? What's the what's the like demographic? Like, how does this work? Like, what you know? Who's in charge? You like who's the the CEO type? What, What are each of your roles? Yeah. What are your roles? Uh, well, I mean, for All Butter Inc., Heber is the president, and I'm the vice president, and that's kind of, I'm the VP. Um, Heber is probably more of the day-to-day operations slash, you know, uh, business side. I mean, like, I dip into it, but he's turned into, like, a really good businessman. You know, like, we went from being just, like, creatives that picked up cameras and interviewed people to having to, like, take the... Uh, the O'Keefe 101 business school <laughs> within, you know, the matter Just of six months. Figure it out. Yeah, yes. pretty much. Uh, but so there's, when, when, when it comes to like the episodes, I think we kind of like, uh, we both share the load there. Like I usually edit like the first half of the show. He edits the back half of the show and we both have very similar editing styles so that so when, it works. So when we like yeah. bring them both together, they both marry together very well. Same thing with like the movie and stuff like that. Like he's, a super fast editor like he can like smash through edits and like i'm much slower um but he's, he's way more refined so like i'll do a, a massive big like 95 percent rough cut and then marsden is has, has the patience and talent to go like back through the, and the detailed like the and whole does, way like through. A, a nice little detailed finish on stuff yeah so we split the load in different ways. And, yeah. It's like the monkey on the other monkey's back picking out all the yeah. dander. You know? <laughs> it's kind of like what I do. Just a couple but of monkeys. One, one thing I'm curious about, like, so when you guys were at HQ, like it's safe to say you were just employees, right? Like yeah. you, you had a boss, you were given a task and you went and did that task. Like, what was that like going from being just an employee at a bigger, bigger like company or corporation to then being on your own and basically having to be your own boss? So, like, so back to kind of when we got like, oh, I had a different side of it than Mars and where, where for a long time I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with life and, and some financial questions. And, um, for me making the 18 documentary was like, oh, I'm just making another movie for yeah. I'm like, I'm not getting anything out of this. Like, yeah, you're like, you're a paid salary yeah, employee. You're not getting get a bonus or a royalty off the movie. You got an Amazon gift card. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So like, like my... I shouldn't talk about the payments, but like there, there wasn't a lot of growth happening there and it didn't look there like there wasn't things. an incentive to do. Yeah. There wasn't an incentive to do anything because it, it was this, I was doing the same amount. I was getting paid the same amount that I had been paid back in 2013. Like nothing had changed there. Yeah. And so and inflation's real, man. Yeah. And I'm living in California, I'm living in Santa Cruz, which is super expensive. Yeah. So a burrito for, costs $20. Yeah. Uh, but they're worth it yeah, at man. the point market. Point go. market. <laughs> Get Pleasure the barrel. <laughs> no potatoes. Uh, anyway, so so for me, it was sort of, it, when I was let go, it was very, it was emotional because it was like I was saying goodbye to my friends. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't have a problem. I'd kind of overcome it. I was down at Disneyland with my family, got the email. I was like, oh, I got to go do this thing. I got to be up at HQ tomorrow. I'll be let go. So we drove up that morning. And so I had time to process it. By the time I got there, I was like, okay, I'm going to be fine. This is, I'm, this is okay. And I walked in and I saw Rory McKernan who had been like by my side. We had gone through like hell, hell together. And he was the first person I saw walking in the gym. And I was like, oh, son of a, and got really kind of emotional walking up. And then like went through the meeting, got out of there and, and um, had an emotional few days just because it was like, 
I was breaking up with this really cool girl that had been great, but I wasn't the right fit anymore. Yeah. And it wasn't like, there's, I have no problems with HQ. If they want to go a different direction, great. I wasn't surprised at all by being let go. Yeah. Like when they, they let a lot of people go in August and this was in October and the week after August, when they explained why they let people go, I was like, I dodged a bullet, but I should have been fired because I'm exactly, I'm doing exactly you're, what I'm, I'm what they just described. Yeah. I'm described. My job is exactly what you're saying. You don't want to do anymore. So from August till October, I was like, okay, well I'm going to try and make this 18 movie. It sounds like you guys want to do it, but there's yeah. really no clear guidance here. So I'm just going to have fun. And I spent some more time on the beach than I probably should have, or, you know, like, yeah. like it, I, I was much more relaxed because it wasn't like, I, I saw it coming. Yeah. Um, and I even said before I went to Disneyland, I, I think I told my, um, I told a guy above me, I said, Hey, if there's anything that I need to be here for, please let me know because I'm going to Southern California for a few days. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, you should be fine. But, but check your email. Or keep over the keep your cell on you. Yeah. And I was like, okay, good luck in Brazil, Mars. <laughs> yeah. I was Nerd. in Brazil. I, I got, like, <laughs> I let go over a phone call. So. Uh, so, but leaving there and then it was sort of refreshing, but it was figuring out how do we make this work? How do we continue to make things? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like I, I know from my point of view, like obviously I don't know anything about your day to day, but that was your day to day for how many years? That almost 10 years. I mean, so that drastic of a change, I mean, that's super intimidating. Yeah. Like, holy it, shit. What do I do now? Well, so here's what I figured is, is. I was all in like 2009 to 2017, basically 16. I was all in everything I did. Every part of my life was like, I'm building the company. Like I would go on vacation and I would drop in at CrossFit boxes and be like affiliate owner. How's your gym? How is CrossFit doing? How are we representing you? Like, yeah. what can we do for you? Like I saw myself as an ambassador for the company and um, from like 11 to 13 specifically, like we were producing the ESPN shows and I literally moved my house as close as I could to the office because I was working till four in the morning, driving 30 minutes over the hill to San Jose, coming back at nine in the morning and then <laughs> doing it again and working these ridiculous hours. And I was like, this isn't safe. So I'm going to move my house so I can be as close as I can. So I can have these ridiculous hours because I'm, I'm invested in this. Yeah. And then leaving that, I was like, well, I just need to put that same amount of effort and that same time to kind of kind of time window into something that I really want to do. Yeah. And that was the buttery bros. And so the second we dove in, like uh, we, we came to, this is a perfect example. We, we went to, we had done Wadapalooza and we'd done a few episodes and we were trying to figure out, okay, whatever was the next episode of the docuseries and the next buttery bros thing. And Marsden was sitting in his little garage and he, he was like, dude, I think we should go to London. And I was like, I don't know how we're going to pay for it. He's like, we'll put it on a credit card. And I was like, I'm in. Let's jump off a cliff. Let's do this. And we went to London and it, I think he pitched it to me. He was like, we'll go to London and we'll, we'll, they're not going to do a great live stream because they just don't have the bandwidth and they've just found out about it. And we'll produce an epic video that will be better and will go more viral, more viral. And it'll be the best piece of content out within 12 hours of the workout being released. And I was like, I'm so in for this. Oh, wow. So we came here, I lost my voice, we busted our butts. And then from that point forward, it was like that same dedication I put towards that company. Yeah. I want to put towards my thing. And that's been so rewarding to have like, now I'm not working for somebody else. Is, that's benefiting. Is, like I'm benefiting me. Isn't that like crazy? Like eye opening of like, if you have a good work ethic, you're never going to be out for too long. Yeah, exactly. It's literally, you just need to like 
keep scanning, keep scanning. And then like, once you find that one thing to put those crazy hours towards, and you don't mind putting in those crazy hours because you're loving it. Yeah. Like once you, you just got to find your thing and then fucking go. Yeah. And yeah. I mean like, like that exactly like, all right, well, how are we going to get to London? Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. What are we going to do? I don't know. We'll figure the, it out. That's like, the like big aha our entrepreneurial moment. It's like the second you bet on yourself, you you've won for the rest of your life. Right? Yeah. Like that's like, I was in a family business. It closed. It was like crying and like my wallowing and my sorrow. What the fuck am I going to do? Like took a boring job. <laughs> it, like the hardest moment is like having the, as Ollie from Sid would say, the minerals to like take that step outside the box and like invest in yourself. Because now I, you know, I know how you feel. We all know how you feel, which is like, who cares if this doesn't succeed? I'm going to put all my love and effort into this. And if it doesn't, I can start something else again. You know how to do it, which is just get your ass off the couch, you know, stop being sorry for yourself and doing it. Yeah. Like I, I think the really important lesson that leads to kind of all this of like the comfort of betting on yourself is that if you fail, it's going to be fine. Right. Like, nothing and it's going to be fun while you're doing it yeah like like, right. like i i think it was like the first time that i had like a terrible experience i would consider it a failure of like whatever i was trying to do and then like it's like a year later you're looking back on it and you're like and it comes up as a funny story yeah and and you're like i'm i'm making this room of people laugh at a moment that like back then i was heartbroken i was crying over this like i was a shell of myself and now I'm like, all right, like no matter how bad this experience is, I'll get over it. Like things are going to get better if I just keep working hard and being good. And then someday it'll be a funny story, yeah. you know? And so like I, I say it to Sammy all the time, like absolute worst case scenario, we uh, sleep in the car for a while, you know, like <laughs> we lose the house, we lose everything. Like I've slept in a car before. It's not that bad. Like. With kids, it would kind of suck. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You're in a situation where... <laughs> it's, exactly, but like, if you, if you lose everything, it's like you can wait tables anywhere in the world. Like, Just got to put your fine. shoulder down and get some work done. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I think that's like, that makes it more comforting to be willing to bet on yourself because once you realize like, all right, failure's not that big of a deal. Like, it's a big deal if you let it be. But like, you guys got let go. You got let go from this job that you literally moved your life to make it better. You're putting these crazy hours, all this effort, like you hadn't taken a pay raise in how long you're making featured films and then just done. You're like, Oh shit. All right. Like what now? Is you it, just point in another direction and go. Isn't yeah. that the formula though? It's like <clears throat> never make the same mistake twice. Right. Yeah. And you know, um, you know, it's like, you know, hard work pays off. I mean, not, you know, and, and that's, yeah. your, that's your thing, but like legit, there is no, there's no silver bullet lining to anything. Like I've done it all, man. I've been around, I'm 42. Like you know, I've tried every shortcut in the book, but you know, I think I got it this time around and, and even still make mistakes all the time. But it's like, there's nothing. What I know is I can stay up longer and work harder than anyone else. And that again, will translate into success. And if it doesn't, I'll just do more of it. And you guys, I mean, God, you're two of the hardest working people in the business. Uh, you grind that, but you know that now, right? The formula is that, like, just learn your lessons along the way and just work your ass off, right? Yeah. yeah. And 2019 was, like, the most challenging. Like, I've never been so uncomfortable in, in my whole life and just being, like, forced into scenarios where I'm just, like, 
almost feel like the world's coming down around me and I'm just like, okay, I just got to like somehow get through this. And I, I, I know that, you know, there's going to be something good out of this and I'm going to learn a lesson out of it. And it was like, and there was just so many times where I just didn't even feel comfortable in my own skin, but mm-hmm. there was also just like so many unknowns, but obviously it's, uh, got me to where I am now. So well, you guys have done a phenomenal job. Proud. Of, I'm really proud of you guys. First of all, so, thanks man. Yeah, thanks, it's really Steve. cool to watch. Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking glad it worked out. Like, cause I, I gave a, Hey man, keep your head up. It's going to get better. I'm like, <laughs> man, I fucking hope it gets better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no nah, super proud and um you know hey but there's a lot more work to be done so keep grinding you know i think everybody in the space relies heavily on you know a lot of what you do um i'm i am excited for people to see the movie yeah. i know that's that what's cool is, is like because like people were all expecting a 2018 movie and then when that didn't happen it's just every day since then we get direct messages people being like when's the 2018 movie when's the 2018 movie and we're like there's not going to be a 2018 movie but now there's going to be a 2019 movie and they're like, okay, when's the release date? And like, yeah. Okay. And you, you can, we're going to do something with our premiere world premiere at Wadapalooza. Yeah. That's yeah. Dude, I've been wanting to say this for the whole, I didn't the know whole, if that was like hour 15 so yeah. far, but I was like, I don't know if we're dropping this yet. Let's yeah. drop yes. it. Yeah. We're, we're going to premiere it at Wadapalooza. So Ooh. if Sometime. you're coming, it's going to be limited tickets. Oh man. Yeah. That'll it be, might just be in my hotel room. Cause but. I'm pretty sure like once you put the tickets up for sale, my dad will buy Oh, I know. Donnie's coming in, huh? He's done it before. Donnie, don't worry. It will sell out if you don't buy those 40 tickets. What what, what movie was it? It was was the Decade of Fitness. We did this special way to release it, which was um, we used this ticketing platform. It was really creative and unique, which is um, we put out options of like, hey, this city has this theater and it has to sell X amount of tickets. And if it doesn't sell this amount, your money's refunded and the theater doesn't happen. The screening doesn't happen. So I think we had like... 30 theaters and and 22 of them ended up working out and like eight probably didn't. Yeah. But your dad wanted to make sure that the one in Burlington, Vermont well, so, was, had to happen. So one of the theaters was in Burlington, Vermont. And I get a message from someone, I'm sure it's one of you two. They were like, yo, like people are excited in Vermont about this movie. Yeah. You guys were the first theater to sell the required number of tickets. And I'm just like rubbing my forehead like, oh my God. Because I know what happened. We need to sell 40 <laughs> tickets. My dad logged on and bought 40 tickets oh, to make man. sure that it Thanks, happened. Donnie. Thanks, Donnie. Yeah, well, I, I remember so that we'll, moment we'll, we'll, buy, we'll buy the tickets if, if nobody else will. So, yeah. yeah Fair enough. Right. Yeah, I we're guess. fired up. It's going to be fun. It's, it's a cool movie. Yeah, so Wednesday night at so now that we're talking about it Wednesday night, we'll, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll toss that up. There'll be some information to come and... Uh, I think we'll probably have a limited number of tickets for the public. You know? Red carpet, wear your boner pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait to see how you two are dressed for that. I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. We got some ideas. Oh, man. Well, again, congrats on all the success. Like, this isn't, you know. Thank, th- thank you. And, like, for all your guidance, for those that don't know, Chief Keefe has been, like, he's been a personal mentor for his, us. His and, nickname and, is Dad for a reason. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, he's a phenomenal person and, and has been, an, we wouldn't be where we are without the help of Chief Keefe. Wow. And and not alive in general. Mm-hmm. Wow, I love you guys. So that's easy for me. But thank you, thank you. I don't need that. But anyway, you, listen. These we're going to do a million of these. But I, I think it was great for. I, I'm I'm really um wanted to sort of let people know, you know, what goes into what you guys do on a daily basis because I think there is, you know, again, I'll say it again. There's like it's all shiny on the outside. It's a lot of hard work. So 
keep grinding. Um, so we have a little tradition that we've developed here that Ooh, you're going to, you, you brought us on, you're going to, you got, you're going to bring us out. So you're going to close us out any way you want and shut us down here. So then you, when you're done, you hit the button and, and okay. close it out. All right, everybody. That's the end of our show today. Mars and who was on it? What happened? Uh, you know, obviously the fittest on earth, Matt Fraser, dad, chief key, chief me and yourself here in Madrid getting ready for, uh, the upcoming event for Madrid CrossFit championships. Stay tuned. We're going to release some information on the buttery brothers. You can follow us all by our Insta handles. You know, them. find them. If you don't use Google and, uh, we'll see you on the next one.